0: Welcome to The Breakdown with Broadcorp and Becky, a weekly podcast that breaks down politics, policy, and current affairs. I'm Becky Scherer.
1: And I'm Michael Broadcorp.
0: We are back with another bonus episode to talk all things Speaker's Race and, of course, all things Tom Emmer. Here on The Breakdown, we are big Emmer fans, and we wanted to give a little shout-out to the congressman for his effort stepping up and running for Speaker we'll break down Emmer's decision to get in the race his nomination from the Republican conference and his campaign to reach 2017 before his later withdrawal and of course we will break down the Trump factor in it all thanks for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show so michael congressman emmer officially received uh the conference nominee on Tuesday we talked about a little bit about this on our last uh our last podcast he got the nomination and why don't you break down a little bit about how this was different than the other candidates, uh, three, four other candidates that that ran before our ultimate speaker, Mike Johnson?
1: Yeah, we had – I want to direct our listeners to our current main episode that we have. We spoke with Jacob Milner with the American Jewish Committee, but we also spent a lot of time giving our take as to where how we thought this process would go. And one of the things that, that Becky and I discussed, and, and again for our listeners – Becky worked for Congressman Emmer in Washington for three years. She worked on his gubernatorial campaign. So she's a Minnesota expert on Tom Emmer. But what we talked about was Emmer was going to run for speaker and he became the conference, got the votes on Tuesday. And so for a few hours on Tuesday, there was a possibility of, of Tom Emmer being speaker of the House. And what developed after he became the pick of the conference to be the nominee for speaker is that Emmer did something different than all of the other candidates in the aftermath of McCarthy had done. He kept the members of the house conference in the room. So they stayed then because it's a two-part process and David Fitzsimmons explained this on a previous episode. What happened was is that the candidates stand up in front of the conference, which is 217 members and they individual candidates make their pitch. And if you get 50% of the conference, you are then considered the conference nominee. But what has happened since the removal of McCarthy is that there's been a problem with, it's been, there's been a number of candidates that have gotten 50% of the vote, but the problem is then getting the requisite 217. What Tom Emmer did that I think was brilliant is that after he got the two, after he got the 50%, he then kept the members of the conference in a room, and he started to then whip to see if he could get to 217, which was just a brilliant move on his part. He kept them in the room. I tweeted out about this, that this was like an old-fashioned endorsement fight, and I said advantage Emmer. What I meant by that that was a process by which Tom Emmer was going to figure out if he could get to 217, and he played it right. He He had enough votes in the conference to be the designee to be speaker, but he couldn't get to 217. And what developed throughout the day was a realization he couldn't get to 217. And then what Tom Ember did is withdrew his name and then laid the groundwork for the caucus to then come together later that day, support Mike Johnson, congressman from Louisiana, to be the new conference designee to be speaker. And Mike Johnson was elected as the next, that was elected speaker of the house yesterday. What was interesting, and I think noteworthy, and Tom Emmer should get a pat on the back for that process, is that he had the shortest candidacy out of anyone that ran or was in the process of nominating. He got out of the way when he knew he couldn't get to 217, and he did everything he could to be a team player and to make sure the Republicans got a speaker elected, because that's the type of guy Tom Emmer is. He's a team player. He talked about it with us back in July, and that was on display yesterday, and I couldn't be more prouder of him. Becky, your take.
0: I completely agree. I mean, I think we we see a lot of um, in politics as a whole. We see a lot of people holding grudges. We see a lot of people building up their silos and saying, "My team are yours." Um, especially when it comes to you know the endorsement type battle that you you mentioned that this is almost like we've seen at the Republican Party of Minnesota conventions. We've seen candidates literally take down their signs, pack up, and encourage their people to leave the room that's not who Tom Emmer is. And I think that this really showed that. So he went in, um, you know, yes, it was the shortest campaign. I think that as the whip, his job is to whip, whip members and count votes. I think he saw the writing on the wall, understanding that It was obviously, you know, not easy. It didn't work for Scalise. It didn't work for Jordan. They went to the floor, had subsequent votes. Um, He saw the writing on the wall that that was not going to happen for him. And he decided to save time and process for, for everybody involved. He understands that we need to elect a speaker. We need to get back to working in Congress and start Again, passing uh, policies that are going to better our, our country and our state of Minnesota. So I appreciate that he did that as well. Um, but the unity aspect of something of it is is something I don't think we often see. We, you know, here he is. He's getting mudslinged at him, slung at him from all left, right, and center. That he's too conservative. That he's not conservative enough. That he's most liberal member of Congress and or uh, of the Republican Conference. And he still took it on the shoulder, took it on the chin and decided it's not going to be me let me drop out so that we can you know work towards a new forum get a new nominee and get a speaker elected. And, you know, he, he went on to say that on the on the House or on the Capitol steps as well. He really showed that um, he said from an outside point of view, these last few weeks probably look like total chaos, confusion, no end in sight. From, but from my perspective, this is one of the greatest experiences in the recent history of our republic. So the optimism is there. He still is majority whip. He has a really good, um, you know, hopefully has a really good working relationship with the new speaker going forward and so they can get back to business. And and I commend them and and applaud them on that as well.
1: Speaking of applauds and and accolades, uh, when Tom Emmer voted yesterday for Mike Johnson, uh, he received Tom Emmer, uh, so they did a roll call vote. The members stood up. And what's happened in the past is, this is what led to McCarthy's uh, departure, is that there were Republicans who voted against either the speaker designee, or they voted for, voted against the speaker-designee, or they voted to remove the Republican speaker. Tom Emmer stood up yesterday, and when his name was called, he said Mike Johnson, and he said Johnson. And he got, Tom Emmer got a standing ovation from his Republican colleagues in the House for doing that. And it was, uh, I shared the clip on on uh, social media. It was a uh, few moments, just a few seconds of him getting kind of the pomp and circumstance that he deserves and the accolades that he deserves. Tom Emmer is a consummate team player, and he he thinks about the team. And that was been on full display over the last few days. And I'm glad Minnesotans and the national media got to see the character of who Tom Emmer is. I do want to highlight uh, one point that you made. One of the things that I find incredibly ridiculous in this entire scenario is Tom Emmer being called a rhino. Um <laughs> It is comical. And for our listeners, a, a, a rhino is a pejorative term assigned, and it means Republican in name only. And the claim when someone is called a rhino, What, what I, when I came into the party, a rhino was someone who was just a Republican, but who didn't believe in Republican values and didn't do things on behalf of the party. Now, it has become a term that is applied whenever you disagree with someone over something. Tom Emmer is not a rhino. Um, Tom Emmer is a strong conservative and an advocate for our party. I don't want to put a little bit of a finer point on that, particularly for Minnesota Over the last couple of days, I've been speaking with some strategists uh, both in Minnesota and out about what contribution Tom Emmer has made to Republicans across the country. But I really wanted to dial it down in Minnesota and we'll get to the reason why a little further in a minute. The estimate after speaking with people, is that Tom Emmer has contributed through his work as being the head of the NRCC or through his leadership fund, upwards close to $10 million over the last few election cycles in Minnesota. If you think that a Republican can run for office in Minnesota and not benefit from that amount of money, they have consistently. And that's been Tom Emmer that's been a part of that operation and part of that decision. I can think of no other Republican, in the history of at least of my involvement in the party, who's contributed more to the team, both in terms of raw dollars, outside advocacy, and being a messenger than Tom Emmer. There's no Republican in this state who has done more. And I think for anyone to think that Tom Emmer is not a team player or that he's a rhino is a gross distortion of his record. And it's that was a message that was framed by a number of out-of-state goofballs, and I just wanted to clear up the record for, for those is is because Becky and I, um, she's more Republican than I am, but if there's one thing that we know is we, we know what it takes to win and lose campaigns in this state, and in speaking with a number of people, uh, Tom Emmer has done more than I can think of any other Republican to help Republican win, help Republicans win in this state. Uh, congressional campaigns and other campaigns and other party operation stuff you take Tom Emmer out of the Tom Emmer's contribution out of this state um, I don't know that we have I don't know that we pick up uh, I don't know if Michelle Fixbox wins in the 7th district um, I don't know what uh, I mean he was very active in in helping on a number of races and a number of cycles a number of close races I live in the 2nd congressional district NRCC has done a lot to help try to flip the second congressional district and so there's a lot of work that Tom Emmer has done both nationally but again all politics is local and Tom Emmer has been a leader for the conservative movement and for Republicans in the state and Republicans, all Republicans should be appreciative of what he's done.
0: Completely agree. And I just, you know, to to echo that, um, you know, again, I spent three years out in D.C. serving as, as, as Amherst Communications Director. And, and with that, what I did was, um, you know, have a lot of time sitting with him, hearing his opinions and thoughts and policies, uh, uh, views on policies and, and legislation. And... Um, and, and turn that into op eds and speeches and video scripts and and, and the like. Um, I can tell you that as a moderate Republican, I was significantly more moderate than my boss. Um, you know, and and he's is, he's is a staunch conservative, constitutional uh, conservative. You know, doing what he needs to do uh, under the Republican platform, and it it just it it literally makes me laugh when I see some of the stuff that that uh, we've seen here. Um, I think even Angie Craig mentioned like, you know, it, it was apparently because he just offered some openness to working with the other side of the aisle uh, that it was the axe in the coffin. And um, it's just apparently where our, our state of politics is today. But uh, Tom Emmer is, you know, he he really has done great things for, for our state and for the party and is a great messenger. And I'm glad that he's, you know, moving forward and, and continuing to be in his role as majority whip and, uh, you know, certainly not the last we're seeing of, of Tom Emmer.
1: Yep. And two criticisms, not to highlight too much. Uh, there were folks that were critical of him. I want to, uh, highlight one member of Congress, Margie Taylor Greene, who had a number of criticisms of Emmer, one of which was his vote in 2022 to recognize same sex marriage in this country. And his other was to, um, certify the 2020 election results. I'm going to break the news to Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, Tom Emmer's voting the way the state wants him to on that. And if you think that um, being an advocate for the big lie or the belief that the 2020 election, that Joe Biden lost that election and that Donald Trump really won it, if you think that's a message to campaign on in Minnesota, you don't know the state. And to think that a congresswoman from Georgia Um, is going to be the one that's going to frame up Tom Emmer's record, um, is just laughable. And I don't think that Marjorie Taylor Greene's politics are going to help Republicans win the suburbs. Becky, I know it's a subject that you and I have talked to, you and I have spoken a lot about, and we've had a number of guests on this show. And there's not one guest from the state of Minnesota who has ever said, you know what we need? We need more Marjorie Taylor Greene in this state. And that's just preposterous to think. And for and so I, as as advocates uh, of Emmer, as supporters of Emmer, you of course work for him. Um, we just wanted to set the record straight about some of those criticisms, particularly uh, reasons why he shouldn't be elected speaker. And I think uh, Tom Emmer has done a great job for the Republican team. And I will just say to you, out of any of the candidates uh, between Scalise, Jordan, and McCarthy. I Think Tom Emmer went through that process better than anyone. Right, um, he was not successful as becoming speaker, that is true. But you can lose, um, an election, and it was an election for speaker, you can lose that process and still uh, not personally, um, t- suffer or politically suffer because of it. And I think Tom Emmer has shown himself to be a real team player, and the fact, and I think that that's been acknowledged by his house colleagues and it's something that i think um he should be complimented for um and rewarded for one other point i would make and i know you did i know you did some interviews um talking about emmer prior and you're quoted at some places i did an interview with the publication that the article is not going to come out um, because emmer was not successful and my my comments to them were to talk about how tom emmer is um, how he has evolved over the years. And the Tom Emmer that is in Washington today is the exact same type of Tom Emmer he was in 2010 when he ran for governor. But there's something that I think Tom Emmer has done a great job with, and that is honing just talking to people and twisting arms. Um, I told the reporter about all the notes, just the thoughtful handwritten notes that Emmer uh, I've received from Emmer or that I know that he sent to other people. I told a story about traveling with my family, uh, um, in the last year and a half or so. And I, we ran into Tom Emmer at the airport and he announced that he saw me with great enthusiasm and, and it was just remarkable to see. And was wonderful to see. He's just a good guy. And we need more of Tom Emmer in politics. We need that type of personality, someone with those interpersonal skills, but someone who's also a strategist and someone who's a team player. and. um I'm really proud of him. I think there's, I know you're proud of him. I don't want to speak for you, but I think there's a lot of Minnesotans that are really proud of Tom Emmer today.
0: You know, just a, on that point before moving on, um, I, I, in one of the interviews, I had a conversation as well about, you know, the same thing. What what has changed in Tom Emmer running for governor and being the firebrand in 2010 to now? And, you know, one of the things that I always appreciated when he started in Congress and was a freshman, he'd get asked this a lot, like, you seem a lot different. And he was like, on the back of my pin, it says 397. That's my rank. I am the, you know, of the 400 and some members of, of the U.S. House of Representatives, I am 397. Like, he understood his place. He understood the system and how it worked. And he knew that he was going from running as an executive of the state, literally the one and only leader of the state of Minnesota, to being number 397 in the House of Representatives. It's a completely different mindset that you need to be to be in those roles. And so he acted accordingly. And his his thoughts and his beliefs and his way of conducting himself didn't change. But understanding that his position in the grand scheme of things did. And, and I think that that is something that not a lot of people, not every person that makes it to Congress understands, that there is a, a is a rank-and-file system and there is, you know, some work to be done in there. Um I want to move into the Trump factor of it all. Um, the illustrious former president uh, on Tuesday afternoon put out a statement I'm going to read briefly for those who may have not seen it on, um, on Truth, so- Truth Social. I have many wonderful friends wanting to be Speaker of the House, and some are truly great warriors. Rhino Tom Emmer, who I do not know well, is not one of them. He never respected the power of the Trump endorsement or the breadth and scope of mega. He fought me all the way, actually spent more time defending Ilhan Omar, totally out of touch with Republican voters. Um, I believe he has now learned his lesson. He goes on to talk about calling him a globalist rhino um, again, and it's just it just is again very laughable um trump you know had a conversation with emma over the weekend then went into um saying that you know he's a great person and he's going to stay out of the race and then you know tried to take credit for this situation i think it was uh, less you know trump certainly plays a role in everything um but again i think this is where tom knows the game and how it works having that political mindset he needs, you know, knows that not every district is going to be a Trump district. I mean, we saw that here in Minnesota, right, with with um, in the third congressional district and uh, Eric Paulson. Um, the third congressional district is, is not a Trump Republican district. And I think that's a lot of districts across the state. And so, and we're having some conversations with some members or some candidates over the last few cycles, understanding that they have to figure out how they want to navigate the Trump and MAGA world um, is something that, yes, he obviously had those conversations, but that is because his role is to elect a majority of Republicans in the House of Representatives. And um, unfortunately, Donald Trump uh, took some some issue with the way that Emmer conducted himself. Um, I, I just have to say, Tom Emmer understands and was supportive of of Donald Trump when he had the nominee or had the nomination in 2016 worked with him along the way 2016 2020 went to trump rallies you know uh, spent time on air force 1 so worked hand in hand with trump in a lot of different ways um and so i think it is just this whole i don't know him well screw this guy is just the trump way of doing things what's your what's your take on the whole trump in, impact of of emmer's speakership
1: I have long thought that Trump world is threatened by success. They want one person to be successful and that's Donald Trump and anyone else who has success around them is perceived as a potential threat. And Tom Emmer has found a way to navigate and be successful in politics. And that is, that presents a clear and present danger to Donald Trump and his cult like hold on the Republican party and it's Tom Emmer's job. As the head of the NRCC was to get Republicans the majority, and he did. It's worth noting that as when Donald Trump was elected president, over his course of time he lost the House and the Senate. There's no election records to document in any way or make the case that having Trump on the ballot is a net positive for Republicans nationally. And I think that there is a lot of insecurity in Trump world, and that they are they are always concerned. About successful Republicans being getting having too much success being close to Donald Trump and as much as Donald Trump likes to talk about building a team and his supporters and stuff let me tell you something Tom Emmer was successful despite of what the baggage that Donald Trump brought to the table and it's clear today that Donald Trump wants the party to be made up of people who are first and foremost loyal to him to support his agenda, and it's unfortunate. It's just another example of how Donald Trump is not the type of candidate that's going to help build and grow the party. And my concern is, and I've articulated this before, is that if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee for president, which I think he's going to be, he will be a distraction on Republicans, their ability to keep control of the House and win the United States Senate. And it's unfortunate.
0: You know, and I think it is really um we've ha- we've talked about this a lot about how candidates at all levels figuring out how to navigate um the trumpism of uh, you know the trump looming trump clouds hanging over every race is going to be up to each individual candidate in each individual district every district in this country is a little bit different on how their voters republican democrat and central view the trump impact of things. And so um, I I respect that Emmer understands that. I respect that he put that forward. I think it to your point, it's exactly right. I think Trump doesn't like that he wasn't willing to always fall in line and always be the biggest Trump person, which is, it, it, it's a funny dynamic when you also consider that a large part of some of these members of co- Congress that are true diehard believers like Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, they want you to be, have your own voice and make it heard but only if it, you know, falls in line with what they're looking for. So it's gonna be, you know, I I think it's just Trump wanted to take credit for for Emmer dropping out. I think that was an Emmer choice on his own before this happened. I think that that he understood after his conversations. I don't think that Trump necessarily was the nail in the coffin there, um, which I think I called it an axe in the coffin earlier. So, um, but uh to me, I think that. It's going to be interesting to see how this continues to play and impact races down down the ticket, and uh, we will have to wait and see.
1: As always, wanting to keep it local, I want to close on one subject. There's an organization nationally called American Majority. American Majority trains, does a lot of conservative trainings across the country. They do have a state chapter in Minnesota that does some minor trainings and stuff. I want to draw attention to our listeners because I know we have Republicans and Democrats and a whole host of people that listen, but I think... We've cultivated a good listening crew of, of people that are, are in the know. I wanted to draw attention in closing to a group called American Majority. American Majority, as I said, has chapters across as a, a nationwide organization, but they have chapters in a couple of states. The head of American Majority, Ned Ryan, CEO and founder, along with the chief of staff of American Majority, Lonnie Leitner, were very critical and very strongly opposed to Emmer's candidacy. Ned was gratuitous in his end zone dancing on social media leading up and was did a lot to spike the football. The reason why I bring it to folks' attention is that in the Republican ecosystem in the state, the system is smaller than there is on the Democratic side, and there needs to be team players that work together. And I just, for our listeners, want to make sure that they understood that the role that the uh, leadership of the national American majority had in just gratuitously spiking the football, rubbing it in the faces of Minnesotans that Tom Emmer had lost his leadership, unbecoming. And for Republicans that want to succeed and want to build, there, there's a common message that I hear from people is that we just need more resources. We need to build an organization. Tom Emmer, as I just articulated with the dollars, has done a lot to help build an organization in this state that we have. Could it be stronger? Of course. American Majority's contribution to the state is minimal at best. Uh, I spoke to a few people who thought that it was no more than it was generous to say maybe $100,000 a year, which is peanuts, pennies compared to what Emirates contributed. And for the listeners and and the people that I've spoken with today, I said I was going to talk about this a bit. Just remember that we need people rowing in one direction, Republicans rowing together in the state. We need people that want to work in a collaborative way and American majority at the national level and to the degree which they're involved here in Minnesota, they're not team players. And they their organization is, their leadership is pure Trump. They are huge advocates of Trump. And the other point I wanna make is, back to the Marjorie Taylor Green point. the Ned Ryan running the head of American majority was out there promoting Marjorie Taylor's criticism of Tom Emmer. I just will say this to you again and in closing, I do not believe that Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to help Republicans win in the suburbs and win across this state. I don't think that anyone that has ever come on our show. We've been doing this podcast for almost almost a year. We've spoken to Republicans and Democrats from all across the political spectrum. Not one person has said we need more Marjorie Taylor Greene in the state. And so for an organization like American Majority, through their leadership to be advocating and promoting Marjorie Taylor Greene, and her criticisms of Tom Emmer. That's exactly what we don't need in this state. And I want uh, our listeners to be mindful of the organization to flag it and be concerned going forward as to what their agenda is in the state and what they're trying to do. And I will just say in closing that a lot of people saw my tweets and american majority is on the radar screen of a number of people and they're paying attention now and i think they're going to get some additional scrutiny and i think that's good we need republicans that want to be team players and again we want to be positive but emmer's brief candidacy for speaker also brought i think some attention to some groups that need to get some attention and overall i think a good process proud of tom emmer proud of what was done and i hope that we can continue to have his leadership in the state.
0: I I just wanted to end with um also uh, obviously shout out to to Tom and his wife Jackie for being willing to step into this new leadership role, um but also as a former staffer a shout out to the staff I know they did a lot of work behind the scenes um to support Scalise and Jordan along the way to launch his own um race and and you know count those votes do that effort um, have those conversations behind the scenes with staff and with members um, and of course to to now be supportive of new speaker mike johnson so shout out to friends on staff former current new everyone um big team member uh great group of folks and i just uh, want to give them a shout out because i know staff doesn't always get the recognition that they deserve so shout out friends and that's all i got today
1: well said, Becky. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Bye.
1: We want to thank you for listening to this bonus episode of The Breakdown with Broadcom and Becky. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the platform where you listen. You can also leave a review on our website at bbbreakpod.com. The Breakdown with Broadcom and Becky will return this week with a new episode. Thank you again for joining us.